how precious and wonderful and glorious is God's word to our hearts this morning. This morning, I'm starting to read here from the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, in the New Living Translation. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. In the New Testament, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. But if they had longed for the country they came from, they would have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love when Brad reads the scriptures because you feel like God's speaking. And God said, Abraham. It's good to open God's word together, isn't it? It's such a privilege and an honor 
uh, to do that. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and also Genesis chapter 12. It's a little earlier from what Brad read, but that's the original call of Abraham. And so we're going to be in Hebrews 11 and Genesis uh, 12. And I'm going to ask you to take out your bulletins, turn them to the back. It's blank. There's a pen in front of you. I'm going to give you a few things uh, to write down today because I believe the Lord has a word for us. And so let's dive in together. Don't you wish life was easier? Don't you wish every need was met? Yet health, yet strength, no worries, no fears. Wouldn't it be great if you knew everything? And even if you didn't know everything, you could figure it out. I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. But that's not how real life is, is it? That's not the world in which we live. In our life, there is pain and there is suffering. There are trials and there are tribulations. There is the unknown. And let me say this, that if life was easy and if life was predictable you wouldn't need faith. And we are called to be people of faith. That's what God looks for in our life. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God. God wants us to live by faith, and if we had an easy, predictable life, we wouldn't need faith, and we don't live in that kind of world. So God says, guess what? I want you to have faith faith. That's what I'm calling you to be, a people of faith. And here's the first thing to write down, is that faith teaches us to say, there is more than I can see. There's more than I can see. And we sang it today, there's even more than I can just feel. Because faith points me to who God is. And the very first verse from the New Testament that Brad read for us this morning in Hebrews 11, verse 1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's that hope, it's that confidence, it's that assurance. But I want to talk to you today about faith because I don't want faith, listen to me, this is so important, faith is not just this abstract idea, well, I put my faith in God. But what is faith? How do we get this into a reality, change it into a verb that I can lift out, live out, and we're looking at the the life of Abraham today, And, and Abraham was a man of faith, and in Hebrew, the word faith literally means, if you translate it literally, it's the same word that they use for a tent peg. Now, I'm holding up a tent peg here. Now, I know you might be far away, so it might look like a big pencil, but it's not. It's a tent peg for a small tent. It's the one that holds the rope down, that keeps the tent up, supports the tent. That's what this is. Maybe use this in your garden to support a a plant or maybe a small tree to kind of hold it up to support it. And that's what the, the word literally means. It means stake or support. That Abraham was a person of faith, that without faith it's impossible to please God, that I've got to put my stake into God, have you ever heard the term, stake your life on it? You know, would you stake your life on it? That's what it's talking about. It's talking about faith, 
That's what it means. So instead of this abstract idea, get this idea that this is what literally held up Abraham's tent, and it's what held up Abraham's life. It was this faith that he put in God. And God is asking us, will you stake your future on my promises, on my word and what I say? The life of Abraham teaches us what it means to have a faith relationship with God. And there's four words I'm going to give to you quickly today because God moves so powerfully earlier we don't have much time. But these four words will change your life. And they come from Abraham's life. And so the first word is promise. Promise. That God makes a promise to Abraham. We're going to look at that promise in just a moment. But I want to say this about God. God is a God of promises. He didn't just promise this to Abraham. He makes promises to you today. And it's irregardless of who you are. If you're here today, there are promises in God's word for you. Because God is a God of promises. Let's look at Abraham's promises in Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years when he left Haran. God makes some big promises to this old man. And these three promises aren't just for Abraham, they're for you and they're for me. And these are the promises of God, they'll be on the screen, write them down. First of all, he promises to guide him. God promises us guidance, and in Abraham's case, he said, I will show you where you're to go. I'm going to lead you, I'm going to give direction for your life. And this isn't just a promise for Abraham, it's a promise for you and for me. I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you. He says, I will make you great, Abraham. I will bless you. I will make you a great people. And so we see that God changes his identity and eventually even changes his name from Abram to Abraham, father of many nations. God changes his identity, and that's what God does for you and for me. He changes who we are, and he says, you're my child. You belong to me. And so we see that that's a promise from God. The, the promise of grace, he says, I will bless you. That grace blessing we receive at the end of the service over God's people all the years. He says, Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to give you my favor because you belong to me. And what did Abraham do when he got this promise of guidance and greatness and grace? He said, I'm staking my life on it. I'm staking my tent. That's my support. That's who I am. And today I'm asking you, will you stake your life on the promises of God? That's the first word, promise. The second one is the word faith. Abraham was a man of faith. What's interesting about Abraham is that, that in this story, it's a little different than other stories. For instance, Abraham never asks God any questions. He just obeys he just says, okay, God, we'll, we'll go there. If, if God asked me, okay, leave everything, just go. I'll show you where to go. I'd say, okay, God, let me, let me get some, where? <laughs> where? 
Why? Who's going to help me? How much is this going to cost me? I'm going to have a lot of questions for God. Who, what, where, why, when, how much. Those are going to be questions going through my mind, but Abraham just obeys. Abraham doesn't make any excuses like Moses says. Moses says, I just can't follow you, God. Abraham just says, okay, God, you said go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. He, he doesn't live, test God, like put a fleece out like Gideon did, and okay, God, if it's really you, could you do this just so I know it's really you? He just, he just goes, and what's really interesting about Abraham, we, we look at his whole life, and he never complains. That's interesting, isn't it? He's just a guy who said, okay, God, you said it. That's it. I'm staking my life on your promises, and he has no idea where he's going, how long it will take, or how much it will cost him. He just says, okay, God, I'm, I'm hearing you, so I'm going to follow you, because Abraham knew this. Abraham knew his job, and he knew God's job. His job was follow. God's job was to lead. And so he didn't have to help God with his job. He just said, okay, God, my job is to follow whatever you say. That's what I'm going to do. It's with those simple ears of faith he listens and he obeys. And I'm just going to tell you today, find out where God is working and get in the middle of it. If he's telling you to do something, just do it. Just do it. Because you can stake your life on it. What's amazing about Abraham is how many promises in his life are left undone most of his life. In fact, he dies in a country that doesn't belong to him. He'd been promised the promised land, but, but he's still surrounded by people who are hostile to him. He, he dies homeless. I mean, it's just interesting, and it takes forever for Isaac to show up. He's not going to have that until he's 100. There's so many things that are left undone, but what Abraham does is he realizes, I can't make any of these things happen. God promised them to me, and I'm staking my life on it, but I can't make those happen, and no one can make it happen for me, so I'm just going to trust God. Even if I don't see it right away, I'm still going to trust God because, because he said it, so I'm staking my life on it. And because of that, there's this refrain throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, we heard it twice today, that Abraham had faith and it was counted as righteousness. So that's a refrain about his life that's over and over again in the scripture. But I love when James says it because he adds something to it. Because he says it in James 2, 23, Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. He's a friend of God. When you place your faith in him and say, okay, God, you said it. You, those promises are for me. I believe it. And when you go after it, you're his friend. You are a friend of God. The third word from his life is the word obedience. Obedience. We've been talking about his obedience up to this point, but I want to take a little deeper dive into the obedience of, of Abraham, and I'm, I'm going to do it with this question. I'm going to ask you this question, and, and you may say, well, it's a semantical question, and it is, but, but there's purpose behind it, and you can see the nuance as you see it appear on the screen. This is the question I'm asking you. Are you traveling with God, or is God traveling with you? Are we traveling with God, or is God traveling with us? The nuance of that is, am I following God, and he is leading, and he's in charge, 
and I'm following him, or am I just doing my life the way I want to live my life, and then I'm inviting God into my journey with me? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Are we traveling with God, or is God traveling with us? Because with Abraham, Abraham traveled with God. He gets this promise at 75 years old with no idea of where he's going. Abraham and Sarah have had 75 plus years of disappointment in their life and despair and doubts, but yet God spoke to them and they just believed it. They staked their life on it and they went. And I love that they followed with such obedience and they traveled with God. I want us to ask ourselves, are we traveling with God? Are we hearing his voice to, to follow him? Or are we too busy in our life, too preoccupied to not hear his voice? And so instead we just live our life and say, okay, God, could you come into my life as I'm living out my life? Or are you listening to his voice as he leads? Are you too proud? I, I need to do it my way or... Are you too comfortable in life? A lot of times we just get super comfortable, so we don't really want to do what God tells us to do because it would be hard. For some of us, we find ourselves a little later in life, like uh, Abraham did, and say, well, it's just too late to follow God now. It's too late. It's never too late to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, and whatever he tells you to do, you stake your life on it. Say, God, whatever you say in your, your, your word, whatever I hear in a sermon or, or, or you speak to me in a still small voice, God, I, I'm going to believe your promises and I'm going to live it out. What's interesting about Abraham's obedience is he gets this promise at 75 and I'm sure he was very excited about the promise of God, but it doesn't really happen until he's 100. So he's got to wait even longer. You think waiting 75 years is long. Now he's got to wait 100 years. And, and, and I want to talk to you about this because when we first hear about the promises of God, they're super exciting, right? I mean, they really are. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to bless you. You know, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to pour out my spirit. You know, these are God's got you. And we hear the promises. We're like, yeah, those are great promises. But sometimes when we're waiting, we can get weary, because we don't see the promises right away. Because I bet you when, when Abraham first got the promise, and here we go, yes, we're going, here we go, you know, and they're traveling any day now, right? 75, run out of time, God, any day now. But it, it, I think, in, especially in the culture we live, even more than Abraham's time, we just want things done immediately, right? God, you promised this in your word. I want to see it now. Come on, God. I'm your child. Give it to me. There may be something bigger going on. There may be something deeper going on that God is at work in and something that he's doing, something that he's establishing. See, Abraham and Sarah, they have no idea that we're going to be talking about them these thousands upon thousands of years later they're starting an entire new people group, the people of God, and God's saying, look, I've got to change you fundamentally. I'm doing something bigger in your life that will actually be a blessing to all nations. And sometimes God is at work in us doing something deeper. It's not just this immediate microwave kind of thing. It's a slow cook. 
It's something that God is doing. He's doing something deeper, changing us. And sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we just need to be patient and wait on the Lord, stake our life in him, and just say, okay, God, I'm just going to keep believing. Because look, faith is realizing I don't see everything going on. I think of Joseph, or Joseph, excuse me, Job, who didn't know the backstory of everything that was happening for his life, and he was just like, are you kidding me, God? You know, all this stuff going on. But sometimes we don't know the why. We don't know the why of what we're going through, but we can always stake our life on the who is going to get us through. So we've got to stake our life on God. Don't lose faith. Make sure your stakes are secure because sometimes his promises take a long time. And what are you supposed to do if it's taken a long time? Keep believing. Don't give up. Uh, five years ago, we were given tickets to a Bulls game. We got four tickets, really good seats. Back when you had tickets, like cool tickets. Now everything's on your phone. But, <laughs> but we got four tickets to the Bulls game. It was going to be great. And so I could take all three boys with me to the Bulls game I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. And I showed them to the boys. We got four tickets. We're going to the Bulls game. These are the best seats we'll ever have. Just we're going to enjoy. It's going to be great. And they're like, yeah, Dad. Now, you remember, they were littler five years ago at this time. Not, not Big Luke now, but just littler. And so five years ago, they're like, Dad, that's awesome. Can I have my ticket? No. <laughs> no. You might lose it from now till game time. So no, you cannot have your ticket. And so then a few days later, one of them was telling his friends at school, I've been telling my friends at school I'm going to the Bulls games and I got really good seats, but they don't believe me. I need my ticket. I need to show them the ticket because nobody believes I'm going. And I'm like, I'm not giving you your ticket. You will not take your ticket to school. You'll get it when you need it. And so the day of the game comes, and Dad, we need our ticket. It's the day of the game. Give us our ticket. No, I'm not giving you your ticket. You got a whole day. The game's at night. You're not getting your ticket now. So time to go down to the United Center. We took the train. You get on the train, right? Going down. Dad, we're on the train. Give us the ticket now. You're not getting your ticket on a train going into the city. You will not be waving this around on the train we're walking to the stadium. Dad, we're walking to the stadium. Give us our ticket now. No, you might drop it. You might lose it, and then we can't get in. No, you're not going to get your ticket until we get to that turnstile you're about to go through. Here's your ticket. Now you can go through. God knows right where you're at right now. You may say, God, give me that promise. Give it to me now. I need it right now. You need it right now, but no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Think about Abram and Sarah. They're like, this is getting really long, God. I mean, think about that. And it's like, God, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to. Listen, God is going to show up at the exact right time when you need it. He knows. And he's got you. Don't give up. Even Sarah, she laughed at God. I know. It's not even going to happen. I'm going to tell you, God is committed to you every step of your journey. Don't give up. Just stake your life on him. Stake your life on him. The last word is the word blessing. He blessed Abraham. I've already talked about it, so I'm not going to spend much time. We talked about it during prayer time that God specializes in the impossible. There was no way Abraham could and Sarah could get pregnant in the natural, Right? 
But God wanted to show off and do something big. Imagine if uh, we announced next week that Lars and Harriet were pregnant. You don't know who Lars and Harriet are, but they, are, they, they were here at church from day one. They're both in their 90s. That would be, talk about laughing. That would be funny. But, I mean, that's how big a miracle this was. And God says, look, I, I, I am the God of the remarkable. I'm the God of the impossible. It, 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 you could feel totally inadequate today to see the promises of God to come to your life, but that's not up to you. It's up to him. He's the one that does it. He's the one that's got the promises. He's the one that says, look, I'm going to give it to you exactly when you need it. And look, I promise to lead you, to guide you, to bless you. I, I give you in my identity. That's all you. And, and we just have to put our stake in him, that God, you're the God of the impossible. And I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to follow you, no matter the cost, because he is going to do the impossible. A few years back, I did a sermon series called God is Greater Than, and we talked about all these things that God is greater than. And, and so the symbol that will be on the screen, we just had that as our symbol, God is greater than. And then you just fill in the blank, and that's who God is when it comes to the blessings in our life. God is greater than anything you'll face today or tomorrow or the next God is greater than the stress and the worry of your life. He is greater than the habit or addiction that you're trying to break. He is greater than the marriage struggle that you're going through right now. He's greater than your teenager. God is greater than what's going on at work. God is greater than the enemies that you have. He's stronger than any enemy. And so we need to put our hope in God because he specializes in the impossible. Abraham followed God, staked his life in God. He had no idea of how big this would be, but it was a blessing to all generations, and it's a blessing to you and to me that Abraham followed. And so stake your life in God. So as we close today, I'm going to tell you this. This is something you have to do. No one can have faith for you. You've got to stake your faith in God. You've got to do that for your family. You got to do, we got to do that as a church. Say, God, we believe your word. Boom. That's it. That's what you have to do. This has to be personal. No one can stake your life for you. It's up to you. So you've got to do that. You've got to stake your life on the promises of God. You've got to live a life of surrender and obedience. And you've got to believe for the blessings to come. Stake your life in God today. Plant it in his word and what he speaks to us at every juncture. Plant it in God's word. And, and here's the problem. A lot of times what we do with our stakes in life, our faith, is we move, our, we move it. It's like, okay, Sunday, man, God's moving. Yes, this is how I fight my battles. Stake in the ground. Monday morning, here we go. We're going to go over here now and stake it over there. And it's like, you're... You're gonna, it's going to fall down, right? If you did that, if this was holding up a plant, trying to keep it, and just so one day it's holding up, ah, next day, no. It doesn't work. Stake your life on it. I love that song, I've decided to follow Jesus. I love the, the verse, though none go with me, still I will follow. I will stake my life on this, because it's God's promises, it's 
his word. Pray, God, give me the courage to believe your word. Give me the strength to believe for the impossible. May I experience your blessing. And may that blessing run off of me as it did through Abraham to the generations. May it run out of my life to everyone around me. Because I have staked my life, my support, my solid ground is God and his word. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? God, we thank you for your word. What an honor and a privilege it is to open it and study it together and to stake our life on it. God, thank you for your promises, and we stand on your promises of, of guidance and direction. Your promises of giving us a new identity, the promise of grace and blessing and anointing and favor on our life. May we be men and women of faith this morning. May we follow and obey all the time, no matter how long it takes. And God, may we receive your blessing. May we know that you're never late. You know right where we're at today. You're going to show up. You're going to take care of us. Your promises are true. Yes and amen. Let God be true and every man a liar. And so, Lord, today we know it takes faith to make it, and so we place our faith in you alone. We will not remove our stake and put it somewhere else tomorrow morning because our life is staked on you and your word, your promises to us. We love you today, God. We honor you. We worship you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.